Just three days remain before funding expires for a wide swath of the government. Don't you hate when that happens? Well, so do contractors. They've got advice for the Office of Management and Budget about what should happen to deal with a partial shutdown. Joining me with details, David Berteau, President and CEO of the Professional Services Council. And David, before we get to that, though, I wanted to get the council's take on the recent move by GSA to merge all of its multiple award schedule contracts into one big MOS. Mess or MOS? <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce the acronym. We, we prefer to stick with the actual words itself, multiple award schedules. But, uh, but you're right, Tom. This is a, this is a big uh, undertaking by GSA. Uh, to consolidate, uh, uh, you know, 24 multiple award schedules into a single schedule across the government for products, for services, and, and most importantly for what we now see is uh, really important to the government, which is being able to buy solutions. PSC uh, applauds this effort. Uh, you know, GSA announced it uh, uh, last Tuesday, and uh, um, and it, it's reminiscent to us actually of an earlier consolidation that occurred uh, back in in 2015 when the professional services schedules were consolidated. In one. So it's a big undertaking, but it's one that's very worthwhile. It'll make uh, make make buying easier, not only uh, for, for GSA, which of course uh, owns the schedules, but really for all the government agencies and customers who use those schedules. And also there'll be benefits to the vendors themselves because you'll, you'll end up with a, an integrated uh, process and, and you won't have uh, all the wondering about what's inside scope, what can be done, um, uh, you know, what's the schedules associated with that, what's the timetables associated with that. And, uh, and and even a little bit of, of what we used to call um, schedule shopping, right? Look for the schedule that, that will let you get what you want. So there's a lot of benefits from this in terms of time saved, in terms of procurement lead time saved, in terms of access to the marketplace. Um, but I don't want to diminish the, the, the difficulty of, of doing it. This is a big undertaking. And the GSA has uh, proposed that it will probably take 24 months uh, to do this. Uh, I think that the administrator... Uh, Murphy, Emily Murphy, and uh, and the, the uh, head of the Federal Acquisition Service, uh, Alan Thomas, uh, have their work cut out for them, but we really applaud them for uh, for undertaking this. I would also note that GSA plans uh, on December 12th uh, an industry day associated with this, and, uh, uh, and, and I would encourage all of your listeners, uh, both those who use these schedules as government customers and those who are vendors supplying services and products and solutions on these schedules, uh, to plan to attend that, uh, if not in person, at least, uh, you know, on the web, that industry day on December 12th. Sure. And what do you think the control mechanism might be? Because one of the big issues over the years with the multiple award schedules has been bundling. And if you have a certain thing and a certain set of products under a certain schedule and you want to throw in the cables and other services, perhaps, you can't because that's bundling. But if everybody's in one big giant schedule, that issue goes away, or does that create advantages for some suppliers over others? I think what it creates is an opportunity to define what the needs are, what the government's requirements are, without regard to the boundaries, the artificial boundaries that would be imposed by a particular schedule uh, or a particular timetable or constraints inside that schedule. So by creating a, a process that will focus first on the government's needs, I think it opens up the opportunity for that. It doesn't automatically create uh, the results that says, uh, you know, a bundling would be a boundary that you couldn't cross, um, but it does create the opportunity uh, to actually focus, first of all, on what the requirements are. Um, this, of course, requires the government to know what they want. Uh, you can't have a, a contract that says, whatever you're going to have three years from now, I'd like some of that, right? Well, that's, you can't procure that in a competitive environment. So I think it both opens up the opportunity 
to get around some of those constraints and probably opens up the competition uh, on, on those as well. So the government really will get the best available. We're speaking with David Berto, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. And a final question on that. Do you think they can do it in 24 months? We haven't really scoped out the magnitude because what you, what you have, of course, is a lot of solicitations that have already been out there. In many cases, you have proposals that have already been submitted. And as you well know, Tom, oftentimes uh, the decision time for both uh, issuing a solicitation and for making a decision to award on already submitted proposals, uh, those times often slip. They rarely accelerate. So I think the universe of existing uh, procurements that need to be accommodated in this uh, is unknown, at, le- at least to us. There's too many schedules uh, to have any single integrated uh, uh, data on that. Um, so I think it's a challenging uh, effort, but I believe that GSA is hitting the ground running on this. Uh, and as I say, they do have prior experience, so it's not like they have to write the, the, the recipe book sure. uh, on blank sheets of paper. So we're optimistic that, uh, that an awful lot can be done in that 24-month period, and uh, we're going to work with them very closely every step of the way uh, on behalf of our members. Now, you have also written a white paper the council has sent to the Office of Management and Budget recommendations for guidance related to contractor performance and communications in the event of a lapse in appropriations. We would have a partial lapse since some of the government DOD is funded. Homeland Security is not accepted of the CR until this Wednesday. So what's the gist of the white paper? Well, what we've done is, is uh, first of all, we start with the presumption that uh, just because the government is covered, under a lapse in appropriations. For example, you mentioned the Department of Homeland Security, which is one of the appropriations that has not yet been passed and signed by the president, so they're operating under a continuing resolution that expires at midnight Friday, December 7th, or actually 12.01 a.m. December 8th, Saturday. Uh, the the uh, Oftentimes, the government portion of this, the government civilian employees, or in some cases, uniformed personnel, would be seen as exceptions to the uh, lapse in appropriations, and they would continue their work. Those government employees, of course, aren't paid for continuing that work until such time as the appropriations are reinstated and they get back pay, which usually happens. Um, But the assumption oftentimes is that if those parts of the government keep going, then the contracts keep going as well. And the reality is that the the entirety of effort of determining what contracts are still in force in the lapse of appropriations and which are not uh, is is not as easy as the accepted service decisions for, uh, for government employees. And so... Um, what's, what's really critical, I think, for what we did in our, our white paper, we look back at the experience both from the recent shutdowns. You know, we had uh, one that was about uh, three days long uh, back in January of 2018, and another one that only lasted about five and a half hours from midnight to 5.30 a.m. But what a five and a half hours night. it was. <laughs> uh, some of us were awake and, and trying to figure out what was going on. But even in those cases, you have confusion and you have conflicting guidance, uh, and, and not every program officer, contracting officer, has the same approach to making decisions there. But particularly if you go back to earlier shutdowns, and most most specifically the 16-day shutdown back in 2013, um, we took a lot of the examples, both the good stories and the bad stories that came uh, from those shutdown experiences and consolidated those in, into the white paper uh, that we sent to the Office of Management and Budget. And I'd be happy to go over a couple of the key points that were included in that. Yeah, I guess mainly about what contractors would like to know when when there is that lapse. Right. The communications is, is the essential core element of the advice. And it's communications both before a lapse in appropriations and a shutdown, during the shutdown, and after the shutdown. And, you know, sitting here on, on Monday, 
uh, with only only uh, really the the rest of this week uh, for Congress to uh, to act and the president to sign something that would keep the government operating uh, past midnight Friday. Um, I would encourage uh, you know the government employees who are listening uh, if, if you are not already engaged in communications with your contractors about uh, what what funds cover those, what contracts would continue in operation, access to facilities, uh, access to systems. Those are important elements to come into play. And obviously, any contractor that's not already engaged in discussions with your program offices and your and your contracting officers' representatives should initiate those. But there's another element to it as well, and that is that. Uh, when you're actually negotiating and signing the contract, a part of that should focus on contingency planning because all too often, as you well know because you've observed this, the government doesn't like to start getting out ahead of itself and and plan for or talk about a shutdown because it's an implication that you're predicting it or encouraging it. Uh, and, of course, that's not really the case. Uh, it, it behooves us all to have the level of communications there. But if you built that into your contract from the beginning, then it becomes clearer uh, what the impact on that particular contract would be in the event of a lapse in appropriations. And right now, we don't know which agencies, what what happens on, on the CR this week. Uh, some agencies or maybe all of the agencies operating under CR might get a one- or two-week extension. Uh, uh, some, you know, there are bills ready to go on all of the uh, agencies. And so it, it's possible for Congress to enact uh, full-year appropriations for, for some of the agencies. They've passed five of the bills through too many buses, but there are still seven appropriations bills out there. They're largely written. They're largely agreed to uh, from the House and Senate. Uh, they could move, but the question is, what's the total package look like and when will they get there? So communications and, and prior planning are key to this. David Berto is president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much. Thank you. I look forward to the next conversation, and hopefully it won't be about shutdowns. Let's hope not. Find links to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.